Hey guys, I'm Esther, owner of Sarah Design. And I'm Jen, owner of Hello June Creative. Welcome to Better, the brand designer podcast. We're all about broadcasting conversations that support our design community and covering industry secrets and offering actionable advice. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Hey guys, welcome back to Better, the brand designer podcast. Jenna and I are together in the same room again. It is (laughs) Sunday morning. Yeah, we were going to record this episode last night, and then we had hot pot, we had a wine night, and we were just like, it's not going to happen. No, we were were exhausted, but we had really good conversation. We did. And just good time to hang out together. It was really, really fun. Yeah. And I have just loved having you here. I'm still like in denial that you're leaving this afternoon. I know. I like, I don't want to go, but at the same time, I like, I miss my baby, you know, and you guys have a life to live and... I wish that we just lived like in the same city so that or we could live like, in the same state or in the same state so that we could like easily drive. And I don't know. So maybe when we take this full time, we're making gajillions of dollars off. <laughs> maybe that will change things. But for now, everything works out. And I'm just grateful for the time yeah. I've gotten to spend with you here because it's and been really fun. Eventually, we'll come down to Orlando or if you're in Georgia at the time. Yes. We'll go there and we can do this again. Like this will probably be not just once a year. No, no. I think it's going to probably be more often. And I think recording in person is just like, it just hits different. You know, it's like, it just feels like a different vibe. And hopefully you guys can feel that too. It's just, you know, we're in the same room. Like I always like to visualize like our audience, like in the same room with us too. So it just makes it a little bit more real and just casual. I don't know. I like it. Yes. (laughs) So today we're going to play Never Have I Ever, and we were going to have Better Pod After Dark, like we said we were going to do it last night. We're doing Better Pod Before Dark and Before Breakfast. (laughs) We're doing Better Pod After Dawn. After Dawn, I like it. Yeah, and we have our matcha lattes with us, so get a little bit of a caffeine boost, and it's just going to be fun to hang out. Yes. We sent my husband and my dog to the basement. (laughs) Can you please leave us alone? In exile. (laughs) (laughs) But before we start, we do want to remind you that we have our Patreon-only live quarterly Q&A call on September 12th at 11 a.m. Eastern. So if you want to come to that, we would love to have you. It's just a really great way to connect with us and be in the same room as us. Like we were saying, we love just connecting live and not really having a script to follow or anything. It's more just get to know us and ask us questions. And if you do want to join that, you just have to become a Patreon. Or a patron. Yeah. So join us at patreon.com slash better podcast. And we'll see you on September 12th. Okay. Let's do our Never Have I Ever game. I think it's fun to do these episodes every once in a while where it's like less like businessy and more like, okay, let's just have a little bit of fun. So wherever you're listening, whatever time of day, like, I don't know, it's just kind of fun to it's like hanging out with designer friends. And it's like, you don't just want to talk about like client work all the time. And then it's like, okay, wait, let's play a fun game. So I hope you guys are going to enjoy this. We were talking just before we started recording. Okay. How are we going to play? Never have I ever on like an audio only podcast, because usually you like put your finger down. If you have done something, you take a drink. We are not drinking alcohol right now. We have our matchas. There's no video. Well, we're recording a little bit of a video for Instagram. So maybe we'll do a little bit of, you know, real never have I ever for that, but we're just going to ask each other, have you ever done X, Y, Z in your business? And then we will just say out loud whether or not we've done that thing. So we're just going to edit the game a little bit, but this, you know, it's never have I ever designer edition, podcast edition. Yes. And join us on Instagram stories today. And we're going to be doing some like polls too, because we always like doing that. We did that last time when we had our what was the game called last time? Oh, it was um, Smash or Pass. Smash or Pass, yeah. yeah. So we're doing that again today. That's really, that's going to be really fun because I like, I mean, I know what I like. I know what Esther likes and doesn't like, but it's interesting to see kind of like the broader design community or at least our design community, like what you guys think. I'm always yeah. curious whether I'm in the majority or the minority on some of this stuff. Yeah. So let's get started. Jen, have you been late to a client call? Yes, <laughs> I have been late to a client call. There have been times when Ryder woke up late or I just didn't have my stuff together or I just I have this habit of 
taking a shower like in a very awkwardly close time to a client call where I'm like trying to literally dress myself before I get on like a video call. Um, And sometimes you see that in five minutes. So usually I'll let the client know if I'm going to be more than like five minutes late to a call. Most often though, it's the client that's late to the call. And I never know. Actually, I'm curious. Do you ever, like at what point do you send a reminder email? I wait 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Okay. And then I send a reminder email. And then if it's gotten to 15 minutes, I log off. Okay. That's kind of what I do. Sometimes I do five minutes, but then I feel like that's too yeah, aggressive. things come up. Because like I'm late sometimes and stuff. I have also been late to a client call. I usually am pretty on time, but I just wanted to share a story. Please. Because I have slept in through a client call before. <gasps> oh no. Like completely through. And I felt so bad. I was like, I am so, 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 so sorry. And I did everything I could to like reschedule and get it like soon. But I slept in through a client call. I've also like slept and like woken up and been five minutes late. But I try not to be late, obviously. Yeah. This is our business and we want to be professional. Right. But sometimes things happen. And I think it's just like not putting so much pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, people we have time, too. but sometimes things come up. Was the client mad? No. Okay. That's good. People are generally pretty understanding. Yeah. And I mean, maybe they were internally like, ugh, that's annoying. But at the end of the day, your project moves on. It's fine. Yeah. So Esther, have you ever complained about a client project to another designer? I mean, you know. We literally have a whole podcast about it. Yes. I complained to you, Jen. I complained to my friend, Daniela. That's pretty much it. Like, you guys are my two close designer friends. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't like air my dirty laundry to anybody else really. No, I do. So I have a close friend's story on my Instagram, but I don't ever say anything negative on it because I treat that just as if it was public on the internet, which is it, which it is because people can record and share. And, you know, I use it for like work in progress stuff that I don't really want to share publicly yet with everyone on Instagram. But I feel like you kind of have to like let off some steam when you have a difficult client situation. Yeah. Sometimes you need it. And like we, even this weekend, we've been talking about client issues. Oh yeah. Every day. (laughs) I genuinely think it's healthy to rant a little bit because otherwise you're just kind of in your own space and we both have spouses and we can rant to our spouses, but they don't fully fully understand it because they're not in the design world. Mm So I guess that kind of leads us into our next one. (laughs) Have you ever asked your spouse for design advice? Yes, I have. I used to do this very often. And then I just kind of made a rule for myself recently where I was going to stop because I feel like I should never ask anyone for advice if I'm just like not ready to hear the answer. And there were a lot of times where I would ask my amazing husband, Dylan, like, oh, what do you think about this? Of course, He's not on the target audience for any of this stuff. He's not like a woman who's trying to hire an interior designer for their home. And so he'd look at things and be like, nah, I guess, I guess it looks good. And then that would send me into this spiral, like, oh, it's not good enough, you know, like, or whatever. It's like, okay, well, I need to be, if I want to do market research or if I need to do, not necessarily market research, if I want to do like, you know, user testing, you know, then I need to show it to people who would be in that audience and listen to their opinions, you know? And so that's not really a huge part of my process. And it's most important for me that like it's strategy based, it aligns with the brief and the client likes it. So I kind of have stopped doing this a little bit. Do you like take his advice and implement it ever? Sometimes I do, especially in terms of readability issues. And that's like the only thing that I think I will run things by him on is like, what do you read when you see this, especially for monogram marks? Because you guys know I love doing monogram marks. If I like I'm playing with like the stacking of the letters and I want them to read in a specific order, I'll ask him like, what do you read this as? And so if he gets it, then I'm like, okay, it looks good. But if he says them out of order or if he thinks an I is a J or something, then I'm like, okay, that's actually good information. Yeah. How about you? I have asked Jake for advice in design worlds, but I've stopped doing it because (laughs) you can listen to this. But um, yeah, sometimes, I mean, he's not a designer. He's an accountant. Yeah. Sometimes it just doesn't make sense. And I'm like, that was kind of dumb. (laughs) <laughs> so and then I it, like I feel like it, it throws you off a little yeah. bit. So sometimes like if I 
do ask him for advice. It's more so like, hey, can you look through this website and make sure there's no like glitches or anything? And yeah. then he'll like give me good advice on that. He'll go through all the links and make sure it's good. So he's more of like a quality assurance for me. Mm-hmm. And I do kind of use him a lot for that. But for design design, no. I love him dearly, but he's not a designer. <laughs> have you ever reused work from an old client on a current project? No, I have not. I have not either. Oh, I am, okay. Okay. I Interesting. Am, I, am I kind very... of expected, I don't know. I kind of expected <laughs> myself to also. Some but. of these I put on, you know, we kind of both contributed to this list, but some of these I put on just because I was curious. And I also want to ask you guys, our listeners, to see if that's something you guys have ever done because it is going to be anonymous in our little like polls on Instagram. So go check that out. Yeah. Um, but I will never use the same font twice in a client project. I just, that's a rule that I use for myself unless it's like a body font. Or yes, body font, font is like fine. But primary font, logo font, I won't yes. ever Or even it. like web layout. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm using a similar, I mean, obviously there are certain layouts that you sort of. Oh yeah. Like I'm not using across. it. Like, yes. You I'm not using to. it the exact same. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had writer or a pet on a client call? Yes, both. There was this one time I had to put my laptop up on the like mantle above our fireplace because I was watching Ryder and I had to do a client call at the same time. Sometimes it just happens, guys, you know, and he was just running around the background, just being crazy. And I was like going on and off a video and like muting myself. And, you know, sometimes it just happens, but I don't know. I work with a lot of moms and I think after COVID too, even people who are not parents are just used to kids screaming in the background. And so it doesn't really bother people as much. Yeah. Well, I just got a pet. So it's only been three weeks since We've had Cyprus and I have technically had him on a client call mostly because clients are like, oh, I saw that you got a puppy and he's like sitting next to me. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll turn my computer so that he can say hi. But he's pretty like chill. He'll just like sit next to you and not make any noise. It makes you like just relatable to be like, oh, like here's my doggy. Yeah. Because they're all at home too, you know, for the most part. Exactly. Have you pretended to be a team of people when it was just you at home in your PJs? I feel like I did this more. So yes, the answer is yes. Didn't you have like an accountant at Hello June Creative? Well, I have a different email. I have so I'm I want to caveat my yes by saying that I've never intentionally misled anybody because that's not my vibe, obviously. But in the beginning, I feel like I used we a lot in writing because I felt like it sounded more professional. Like, oh, this is like what we do. Like this is our process, you know, Mm -hmm. but it was literally just me. I'm being more intentional about using first person now because it still is very much me. I do have a support, you know, I have a support people. I have contractors, I have, you know, copywriters, I have developers that I bring in on specific projects, but you know, sometimes I'll say we, if I'm talking about me and my copywriter, but oftentimes I'll just say in my emails and proposals and stuff like that, like, please ask me a question or shoot me an email or whatever, just to keep it very transparent. Yeah. And I don't want my clients to have any type of image of me in their mind. That's not real. So I think this is something that I see younger designers, not younger, but like people who are newer to business do sometimes because they think they have to. And anyone who's out there who just wants to use first person and all their copy, I just want to empower you guys just to say I and me. Yeah, it's totally fine. Just do it. (laughs) I use we sometimes, but I kind of go back and forth. Me too. I'm like, yeah. To your point, I do the same thing. I have like some people I contract, but I don't have anybody full time. Yeah. So I never want to say like my junior designer that I always work with or my copywriter. Like I don't have that. Right. But when I'm talking about like, oh, we're going to send you your brand style guide. I'm not the one making the brand style guide. So I'm going to say, okay, we're working on your brand style guide because technically me and my production designer are working on it. So that's appropriate to use there. So have you ever sent a red flag client referral to another designer that you don't like? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, spill. Okay, but it wasn't like, oh, I just don't like them. So I'm like doing this <laughs> in an in like a mean way. It was more like this doesn't really fit with me, but I feel like it might fit with them because they take <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, yeah. I love that. <laughs> I, I have nothing else to say besides like, yes, I have shared it with somebody who I feel like it sort of was good for them. 
because they always take over flight clients. <laughs> well, maybe that's their thing. I mean, maybe maybe that was a good referral. Well, I felt like a terrible person. No, no I no, try no, no, not no. to though. Like that was one time. It was one time. It was yeah. one time. Yeah. I try not to do it. I have like my core group of designers that I send people now. Or if I don't have anybody, I just don't. I'm like, okay, good luck. And send them on their way. Um, that was like at the beginning of my business process. Yeah. There's so much stuff here that I've done that I'm like, not the most proud of, but it was when I was starting out. Yeah, so. you guys get to hear like our <laughs> negative side. I'm like, hope you still have like a good view of us Please after still this. trust us. We are good people. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever stolen an idea from another designer? I want to say no, because I've never done it intentionally. But yeah. I feel like there might have been times where I got inspiration, especially, you know, in the beginning of my business, I got more inspiration than I should have from yeah. someone's past projects. I but I wouldn't call of... that stealing an idea. That's more like being too heavily inspired by someone else's work. And now I'm extremely intentional about not doing that now. Yes. And I think um, I would say the same thing for me. I think also the more mature we're getting in our businesses and as designers too, we have our own style. So we don't have to right. like seek inspiration from people. Have you ever had a client call you a bad word on the internet? Yes, I have. I had a client call me the C word on her podcast. What? On her podcast? On her podcast. Yes. So you listen to all your clients like stuff. No, I never actually listened to this episode because it was literally all about how much she hated me. So love that for me, but I had someone else listen to it for me and I was going to take legal action, but then I just decided against it because I wanted to move on with my life. I can't believe that. (laughs) Yeah. No, it was like probably one of the just hardest, hardest experiences I've ever had to walk through as a designer. I was not at fault at all. I think this, this client. so sad. Yeah. I just, there, this client, I think just was really going through a lot. And so like, I want to extend sympathy towards her. I don't like that she did that. And I honestly feel a little embarrassed for her that that is the way she chose to handle the situation. Yeah. But without getting into the entire story. Yeah. She called me the C word on her podcast. So. I also think it, that speaks more about her than about you. A hundred percent. And I've made peace with that. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been called a bad word on the internet or, I mean, I I would hope that like even not in person too, because I like to have good relationships with my people. So yeah. Yeah. I've also never called a client a bad word. No, me, I would never. I would never talk badly about somebody on Mm -hmm. the internet. Mm -mm. It's kind of like what we were saying, like you have your people that you do talk to in person. Yeah, but, but it's like confidential it's not, and private. Yes, and yeah. I always caveat, caveat it by saying like, I'm having a really hard time with this client. Like, yeah. this is really frustrating. Yeah. I don't think I even really tried to call them anything. No. I don't like calling people names at all. Me neither. Have you called a client by the wrong name on accident? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> I I did it in email, and then I also did it in person once. Oh, like, no. Like on a phone call. Oh, no. And it's because, so it was a referral client. And their names were super similar, like had the same number of syllables, had the same starting letter, and they knew each other well. And so I was like, oh, so-and-so like referred you. And then I was like, oh, what did you think about that insert name? And they were like, um, and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And they were like, it, we laughed it off. It okay. was totally fine. Cool. Especially because they knew each other. Yeah. And I was like, your names are so close. I'm like, sure it's happened to them before. Yeah, for sure. And I think that... I've never called like a random client, a random client's name. Yeah. I've misspelled client names in emails. And I also did that like multiple times with the same client with the same misspelling after they'd corrected me. So that was pretty embarrassing. But now I just am really, I'm really intentional about it. I actually did just, just the other day when I responded to an inquiry, I spelled the client's name wrong and like, Hey, so-and-so I spelled their name wrong. Cause it was like a, a unique spelling of like a common name. Yeah. And then I, send another follow-up email because I realized I was like, oh, actually, sorry. I'm so sorry. I meant to spell your name correctly. Yeah. People spell my name incorrectly too. And I like have to brush it off. I'm like, I honestly don't understand that. Like, how could you misspell Esther? I don't People spell it without an H. <laughs> I don't know either because I think that it's like fairly common, but I mean, the H is silent. It's not Esther, although I have had people say Esther and that bothers That's me. Interesting. I, I don't know. Hmm. Also, now that I switched my design business name to Sarah Design, I have had people say, hey, Sarah. Oh, yeah. I have that happen to me with, hey, June. 
because it's, I mean, people think that it's like, hello at June creative or people call me June creative. I mean, I get that. That's my fault for choosing a name that says the word hello in it. So whatever. It's fine. Have you ever misspelled a word in a concept that you presented to a client? No, I don't think I have, but it's something that I'm constantly terrified of doing. Yeah. Same. I might have unintentionally, but I don't think I knew it. Yeah. Hopefully we didn't. Yeah. I don't (laughs) think so. Have you ever told a client that you were familiar with a platform or program that you actually were not? Yes. I told somebody, this was when I first started doing Squarespace, that I was like really confident in it and like, yeah, I do Squarespace all the time. (laughs) And (laughs) you're manifesting it for yourself. (laughs) Yes. I got thrown into it and the project turned out beautiful. But that was my first time really like digging into code and learning Mm -hmm. all the ins and outs. Um, I did spend a lot more time than I usually do on projects now because I was learning, but I did say that I was an expert. Yeah. I have definitely done this. Um, I actually did this recently with a PowerPoint project that I probably should not have taken on at all in the first place. But I, I kind of just, I, cause I, I, I want to say I'm familiar with PowerPoint, but it was master slides. And I feel like that's kind of like it's a very more confusing. intense thing. And I ended up having to refer the project to. I've only else. done master slides once and it was like, so awful. It's so frustrating going from working in an Adobe program to working in a Microsoft program because yes. not design software. Um, You'd think I, that they'd like upgrade it. But. Uh, so I'm going to be definitely more intentional with this moving forward. Um, I'm pretty transparent about platform. Like like with my first Shopify project, I was like, look, this is my first Shopify project. I like, did that for my first Shopify too. Yeah. Because I, I learned from my first Squarespace. Yeah. I, I think this is something that like I probably did a little bit more often when I was younger um, in my business. But yeah, now I'm very, very transparent. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not familiar with this platform, but yeah. I will give you a good price. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever stayed up all night working on a design project? No, I have not. I don't stay up all night to do anything. <laughs> I, I think, wouldn't do it. <laughs> I think you already know my answer. Uh, yes. <laughs> I am a night owl. Like I will stay up late. Um, but usually like if I'm really working, basically I get in the zone and then I'm like, you know what? I have so much energy right now. I'm loving this. Like if I sleep, I am going to lose all of the motivation that I have. And also I'm like, just, I wouldn't be able to fall asleep. Yeah. I'd be thinking about it. Yeah. I feel like when I get designing late at night, I just get this burst of energy and I'm like, oh, I got to keep working. It's like you, your body doesn't know that it's tired, basically. Mm-hmm. But I have not stayed up all night working on a design project. I would if I had to. If there was like a non-negotiable deadline that like somehow I wasn't prepared for, I would do it for my client. But mm-hmm. I just haven't been in that situation you. yet. <laughs> Thank don't, you. Don't. <laughs> I don't want to put myself in that situation. I mean, like, I don't mind because I like staying up late. But- right. You should. That's like torturous for me. So yeah. No. <laughs> Have you ever actually charged a delay or cancellation fee? No, me neither. <laughs> I have it in my contract, and I would tell designers to like put it in your contract for mm-hmm. sure. But I feel like I'm pretty laid back, and like even when clients take a long time to respond, like abnormally long, like a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty kind about it. I think my clause in there is more just like if this client is really, really, really frustrating to work with and like, I just need to get out, then I would charge. Yeah. I usually waive it, but I make sure the client knows that I'm waiving it. Mm -hmm. I say, typically my policy is that I would charge X dollars because of the delay, but because of extenuating circumstances or they got COVID or their mom got sick or their kid is sick or something, then most of the time I feel comfortable with extending a like waived fee their way. And I think that they appreciate that. You know, if I got into a situation where I had to charge the fee, then I would. And I have paid delay fees as well on development projects that I did not um, get things to the developer on time. And I was happy to get it. Yeah. Have you ever done a photo shoot in your underwear? I, I have not ever done a photo shoot for my business <laughs> in my underwear. How about you? I have done a photo shoot for my boudoir, like for my husband and for me, but I've never done it for business. Like I would never. I would just feel uncomfortable. I would feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Like even if you try to like dress it up, put a blazer on, it like, 
it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. I just, and I like, think that's because that's our values. And yeah. if other people do it, other people do it because that's the, the audience. And their audience. For. I was going to say, it's like a different audience. Yeah. You know? But no, I have not. Yeah. So if you guys want to go and do a photo shoot with the, your, in your undies for your business <laughs> and your clients, like eat that up and like more power to you, we support, but it's just not really my vibe. No. <laughs> have you ever completed a day rate actually in one day? Yeah, I have. That's awesome. I have not worked on too many day rates. And the first few times that I did them, I was definitely like working mm-hmm. before to prepare for the yeah. day and then finishing it up like afterwards a mm-hmm. little bit to tweak. But I did a Squarespace website in a day. Wow. That is like really impressive. It was a lot of work and I was definitely like grinding, but I have completed it in one day. And I think it ended up being more of a 10 hour day. I usually do eight hours, but mm-hmm. I think it ended up being a 10 hour day, but it still was one it's day. It's not bad either for a day rate, you know, especially because I feel like day rates are some of the most profitable projects that I've ever done. Yeah. Have you done it in a day? I'm going to say no, but that's on purpose because I usually have my day rates be six hours just because of my schedule. Um, with writer and everything. And the next day is usually when I implement feedback. So I call it a day rate, but then I usually set aside one to two hours the next day. So the client will give feedback overnight. They'll turn in their feedback like by 10 a.m. the next day. And then I have some time set aside the next day to implement feedback. I like the idea of doing a two day rate. Yeah. That's, so I've I just, seen- I call it a day rate, but there's prep work. And then I do the work yeah. in one day. So I get the work done the day of, and then the next day, just so that the client isn't under a lot of pressure to like give feedback in 30 minutes because like usually that's like all the time there is for a client to give you feedback in day rate. Yeah. Have you ever given a client your personal phone number? I have, and I don't do this anymore because I ran into just some issues with some past clients kind of being very aggressive on my personal phone and then my phone not feeling safe. And, uh, you know, like I, it's just a it's just a rule that I made for myself in my business that I don't give out my personal cell phone number. I know that there are apps out there that you can get like a business cell yeah. phone number and clients can text you quote unquote on that number, but you can like turn it off on your phone so that you I only think see that it. That type of app would still make me feel like they're trying to contact me whenever. And text is always more informal. Yeah. So I have given Technically, because I've had some clients who like knew me previously, so they had my number. Yeah. And they would sometimes message me. But I've tried to just text them back and be like, hey, thanks for sending this. Do you mind sending this in an email or do you mind putting this as a tag on Notion? Yeah. And that's been super helpful. Have you ever had a script on your computer to read off of so you knew exactly what to present? Yes, I completely have. I've never done it to actually a client in my business, but when I was working in an agency, I would sometimes have to present in front of the whole team and oh, the whole like scary. organization. And there was probably, this is when I worked in nonprofit and we had maybe a hundred people on the call. Wow. And you're presenting this design work that you're doing for a certain event. And I was so nervous to present in front of that many people. So I had a script and then I had my presentation and I had two monitors so I could read off of it. But I asked one of my coworkers later, like, did it sound like I was reading off of a script? And they said no. So that's good. That's good. That's yeah. awesome. Because I like to ad lib too. Yeah. I'm pretty, I would say I'm pretty confident in speaking, but I just was like, I don't want to miss certain things. Yeah. But for my client calls, I don't, I don't think I've ever done a script, but I have done bullet points. Yeah. I do little agendas just to keep myself on track. And whenever I get on a call with a service provider who has prepared for the call, obviously, and they have an agenda ready. I'm always very impressed because I'm like, wow, this is like a great way to use this meeting time, you know, like, so I've done that. But when I record Loom videos and stuff, cause I do videos with all of my client presentations rather than presenting them live on calls, which is, I know what you like to do. I don't have a script anymore. I used to kind of jot down notes to kind of like make sure that I was hitting certain points, but I don't know. I feel like I've just been doing it long enough to where I like, I know right. what I want to say, like in the call. And when I see the different or in the Loom video and I see the different screens, I'm like, oh, I I wanted to talk about the J here or yeah. something. I even think about like on the podcast, we don't script anything. No, nothing We have our bullet points. And I mean, unless we do read out our guest bios. Right. That's their bio. Yeah, that's their bio. Yeah. I don't really like scripts anymore. To your point, I've gotten used to it. Yeah. Have you ever fired a subcontractor? 
I have restructured my business. So yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's like, that's like, I don't feel like I have fired anybody, but I have set up a position that wasn't the right position for my business. And it wasn't that it wasn't the right person. The job description was the, was the problem. And that's, that's Uh, on me. Yeah. That makes sense. So I kind of like let that person go, but it wasn't because they weren't doing a good job. It was because I was asking too much of one person, you know? Yeah. And I needed to find someone who had a little bit of a different skill set. You know, like, I don't know if I would call it firing them. I have chosen not to work with certain subcontractors on future projects just because I didn't have great experiences with them. But I don't know if that's necessarily like firing them. No. And I think that's kind of what I've done. I've never officially fired anybody, but I've had some subcontractors where I'm working on a three-month retainer with them. And then, because that's like their minimum, Mm -hmm. and then you can renew the contract with them. And I have just chosen to not renew Mm -hmm. because of core experiences or just not feeling like it's the right fit. But I have not like canceled the contract. I feel like if and when I do decide to make a full-time hire, that's going to be extremely challenging if I ever have to let someone go. That's like my worst nightmare. Yeah. It's scary. Have you ever fired a client? Yes, I have fired a client. (laughs) I think this client wanted to be fired though. (laughs) I was just basically like, this is no longer a good fit. I can tell that you're unhappy. I think that it is in both of our best interests if you move forward without me on your project. Ah, Did you like refund money? No. They okay. wanted a refund though. But and you said no. I said no because I fulfilled every single part of our contract. Yeah. yeah. And they don't get their money back to them. Hell yeah. <laughs> Stick to your guns. <laughs> they wanted the refund really bad, but I've never fired a client, <laughs> but I should have. Yes. Oh, <laughs> do you want to do, do you want to give a little tea? Or? Um, I don't want to talk poorly, but no. also it just wasn't the right fit. Like we yeah. had worked on the project for I think a month and there was just poor communication on both ends. Like I think there was it's not just their fault. Like there is fault on my end too of not setting clear boundaries and it just ended up not working well at all. And I did everything that I could to just fix things. And like, I was so stressed out. I was crying a lot because I was just like, they are not happy. I'm not happy. And we should have just ended it and been like, okay, you should work with somebody else Mm -hmm. because you're not getting what you want for me. And I'm not getting the respect that I want from you. Yeah. So I should have fired, but yeah, I guess that's the kind way to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And I want to say too, like with my situation where I did like part ways with that client, the client was also being very personal, being very rude, not being respectful of me, my time, my family. Um, yeah, that was my experience too, which is why I'm like, I should have, it was a little bit, it was just, it had become kind of a toxic situation. And so if there's any clients or potential clients listening, I want you guys to know that I'm a very fair person. If I feel like I owe someone a refund, I will give it to them. But in this particular case, I had fulfilled every single ounce of the contract that we had together. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't feel like it was, I just didn't feel like it was fair to me to refund her. Yeah. Something I'm learning a lot for myself is how to be standing up for myself and like putting myself first, being a little bit more selfish. And I am historically a people pleaser. I love my clients so much and I care so deeply about their businesses and what they're going to receive out of this project. And so I think that's my downfall of trying to please them and trying to fix the issue when we can just close the issue and not have to worry about it. Yeah. I'm a people pleaser extraordinaire as well. So I really relate to that. Yeah. Have you ever missed a deadline and then had a client email you asking about where the item was? Yeah, I've had a client say, hey, I was expecting this to come in today and I don't see it. Did you like, where, did you upload it somewhere else? Oh. <laughs> and I have owned up to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. I am totally working on it because I am usually yeah. I'm like just things run late sometimes. And I was meaning to send you a message and say it's going to come in tomorrow. Yeah. 
So I have, and they're okay with it. I think what I learned from those experiences too is just being upfront and saying Mm -hmm. like right away, hey, this is going to come in tomorrow. Because I've had clients send me the message like during the workday and I'm like, I'm going to get it to you like later today. Right. That's why <laughs> it's gonna be okay. I will give my clients times when I'm going to send something or I'll say EOD. So I will send something by the end of the day. So that way that gives me until midnight. That's what I define end of day as. And I will sometimes tell clients that on my kickoff call. Like when I say end of day, it means 12 a.m. And at the moment that I know something will be delayed, I will notify you. Recently, I've been telling clients, hey, this is the proposed timeline. Everything is subject to change Mm -hmm. because things will go on in your life. Things will go on in my life. Unexpected delays will pop up, especially in web development. Yes. Then I, I just make sure that they know that nothing is really set in stone. I did that because our builder wouldn't even give us a timeline for our house just because of all the delays happening right now. And so they actually made us sign a paper that said, we understand there is no guaranteed timeline for our build and we will not bother you guys about it. (laughs) We should do that for our project. They had an entire policies page and we met them in person. Obviously they had us go through an initial like 20 different policies about like late changes and they don't accept change requests via email. You have to go through their project management software. And when you visit the site, you can't always expect there to be workers there. They've probably had all the issues that we've had. Literally. (laughs) And they're like, we have to have these policies in place. I need to set these policies up. Yeah. I'm thinking about doing something like an addendum to my contract that has a signature block for all of my studio policies so that in a situation where a client is unhappy or they don't understand something, you know, I'm protected legally if it got to that point. Um, I've never actually had a client sue me. I know that some designers have had that experience and it's incredibly exhausting, but I would be protected with those initials. Yeah. Have you ever pretended like you didn't see an error on a project instead of owning up to it? No. I either. I will always be honest and say, hey, this isn't something that I overlooked, but I'm doing everything in my power to fix it for you. Yes, that's the same for me. Yeah. Have you ever pretended that you were unavailable for a project when you just didn't want to work with somebody? Yeah. I say like, we had a whole episode on this, yeah. like how to kindly say no. Mm-hmm. And I said like, sorry, my bandwidth. I'm not going to be able to do this. Yeah. And then you refer them to somebody else. Yeah. Typically referring to a good client or yes. a good designer. A good designer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I have done this as well. I, I don't know if I necessarily would say like pretended because like we're not lying when we say we're unavailable for certain projects. Like it doesn't necessarily, you don't need to tell the client why you're unavailable. You could just say you're unavailable. It's like if someone asks you to hang out and you just are really feeling like you want to stay in that night, you could just say, Hey, I'm so sorry. Thanks for inviting me, but I can't make it. And you don't need to say, like, to give I don't feel like being around people right now. Like, you, yeah. you know, you don't have to give an explanation. So I've, I've made my peace with that. And it, I feel like clients don't care. Like, you just refer them to someone else. So. Yeah. Have you ever turned a video off when you're on a call because you looked bad that day and then you blame it on the Wi-Fi? <laughs> I wrote, I think I wrote this one, but I have never done this. But I, like, kind of want to someday. Not that I would ever, like lie to a client about like the Wi-Fi. Um, but I don't know. I just like make peace with the fact that I'm not going to be looking my best all the time. And sometimes it's like messy bun. My shirt has a stain on it. And I just get on the client call regardless because a lot of the times clients will come and they'll like apologize for like not looking nice or something. And I'm like, girl, I don't Don't care. apologize. Don't ever apologize. And so I just kind of come as I am because I have kind of a casual vibe. And I feel like my clients relate to that in a way. Um, so I just, you know, if, if things are looking rough, then I just hop on and and hope that the zoom makes my face look good. (laughs) Yeah. I've never done this either. Yeah. I feel like this goes back to our values of like, I don't want to lie to a client. Mm -mm. And if I don't want to get on a like video call, I would rather send them a message and say, hey, are we going to be able to just have a phone call? Yeah. Or like I would just keep, if I really needed to keep video off, I would just say, hey, I just need video off today. You don't need to tell them why, you know. So yeah. Have you ever took an important call from your car? I have. If I'm on, because I travel sometimes with my husband, we do like 
our road trips. So I've taken calls from the car and people don't really care. Yeah. I feel like because you're, you're talking to them when you said you were going to talk to them. Yeah. So I have taken client calls, like review calls. I've never taken an inquiry call from a car. Yeah, no, I don't think I've ever taken, I don't think I've taken a really, really important call from my car. I don't consider any of mine really, really, really important. And like, honestly, what we do is not really that important. <laughs> no, like we're not saving lives, but I feel no. like inquiry calls are important to yeah, me and I yeah. want to put like a good face on yeah. and mm-hmm. be presentable. Me too. Um, so I've never taken those, but I have taken review calls, but that's also because I've seen the clients before and they've probably seen me in like not great shape sometimes. Like yeah. you're saying your hair is mm-hmm. messy or like yeah. you didn't put makeup on or anything. So I don't think it really matters. And also like I value working with clients who aren't uppity. <laughs> me too. Me too. Like I, I don't know. Like I, the first thing I say to clients on inquiry calls is I like to keep things casual because that just sets the mood and it makes people just relax and like be able to just open up a little bit. And that's all I ask from yeah. my clients. And that's all they want from me too. Yeah. I love that. Have you ever canceled a call because you just weren't feeling like it that day? No, I will drag myself through calls if need be. It's just hard to get calls scheduled in the first place to find a time that works for both me and the client that I just like, I don't want to have to go through the whole rigmarole of like canceling and rescheduling. If I'm obviously sick and can't take the call, then I will cancel it, but not just because I wasn't feeling it that day. Yes. I don't cancel calls just because I am not feeling talking to a certain client or presenting something because, again, once I get on a call, I can push myself and be like the most bubbly, energetic person and like be super excited. And then the moment the call's done, I'm like, all right, I'm going back to bed. Yeah. Like I have done that. I have canceled other things. Like I canceled my therapy calls Yeah, because <laughs> I'm not feeling like it. Yeah. But yeah. like client calls, I stick to it. Yeah. I've definitely booked calls that are not client related and then had to cancel them. Like I got invited to be on a podcast one time and I still really want to be on this podcast. Um, I just loved the host and I loved what she was doing. And that, that week was just so crazy. And I was feeling really stressed out. Like I didn't have enough time to do my work. And I was like, you know what, this is just going to be one of those like priority moments where I have to choose between two things. And although this is a good marketing opportunity and I want to make a connection and I just want to be on this podcast, I really need to prioritize my client work. So I'll cancel a call in that situation. Or if I just feel like my calendar is like way too stacked, even if they're all things that I really want to do. But not the day of. But not the day of. No, no, no. Like at the beginning of the week, like it's Sunday and I I have something on Wednesday. I'll say like, you know, I am so sorry to cancel on you. But like, you know, I hate when clients cancel calls or don't show up to calls because it's just... It shows it's disrespectful. It shows such a, a disrespect for my time and my childcare that oftentimes I'm paying for, you know, like at least before we moved back home. And it just really messes up my schedule. So it's uh that's one of my, my I pet also peeves. feel so bad. Like like mm-hmm. when I was saying that I had accidentally slept through a call once, yeah. I felt literally like I was the worst business owner. Like Aww. it sent me into a spiral because yeah. I was like I don't want to do this. I don't want people to like think that I do this. Yeah. And like you said, people have set their time aside for you. Yeah. And it's just. It happens. I, it happens. Yeah. But I don't know. Sometimes like with inquiry calls specifically, someone will get on like schedule a call and then not get on the call and then not email about, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Like I forgot the call. Like I don't mind when that happens, but when it's obvious that they just decided to go in another direction, but just like didn't have the courtesy to like notify you beforehand. I just like, oh, it's just annoying. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever played hooky when you should have been working on client work? Yeah. But I always get my client work done before it needs to be done. Me too. Or mostly. Me too. There have been times where I have it scheduled out in my own internal calendar to knock out a specific client task, but it's not usually a deadline related task. Yeah, exactly. So, so I I'll would, shift things around and play hooky, but it never, ever impacts my client deadlines. Exactly. Because my clients don't know when I'm doing things at what time. Like if right. I have a week between stuff, like, and there's a day that I wanted to get this website done 
And I just felt like, you know what? I'm going to go to the grocery store or I'm going to just like Ooh, not fun work today. day. No, I'm, I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to like go whatever. You get it. I get it. I get you it. Get it. It's <laughs> hey, fun day. I like grocery shopping. I honestly really like grocery shopping too. And Ryder does too. It's just a nice like little activity to break up the afternoon. And he gets a free cookie when he goes to public. Aww. So, and then I eat some. So nice. <laughs> Have you ever worked on your own brand when you should have been working on a client? Uh, hell yeah, I have. <laughs> but again, it's never anything that impacts whether or not the client receives their deliverables on time because I am very, very intentional about getting things out the door when I said they would be. And if I can't, notifying the client as soon as possible. Yeah. It's just a professionalism thing. Um, but yeah, I definitely love working on my own brand. I just redesigned my website. I didn't really need to redesign my website, but just... To me, I needed to because I would look at my website and be like, oh, this sucks, you know, and then I yeah. have to like redesign it, um, you know, but I also get my work done. So yeah. I feel like it's okay. It's like fudge it a little bit when you're still serving your clients at the highest level. Yeah. Same. Have you ever hidden an Instagram story from a client or blocked a client from Instagram? Yeah. <laughs> me too. I've hidden stories. I haven't blocked a client from Instagram. I blocked a past client that was very toxic. The one that called you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's fair. Um, yeah. I've never blocked somebody, but I've hidden stuff. And I also have my close friends story. So yeah. sometimes I'll post stuff on there and I don't put, I don't put clients on there at all. Yeah. I've, one of the things that I've been doing, um, and I've seen other designers do this as well. And I think like, I feel fine talking about it is that like when I have an active client project, sometimes I will remove them from being able to view any of my stories, but that's only for me to feel good about sharing like more lifestyle stuff. Because if I share, cause my schedule is kind of wonky. I know my clients like don't ever expect me to be working at any specific time and they shouldn't because they're technically hiring me as a subcontractor for their business. Um, but it, it makes me feel good about like, if I want to go to the playground at like 11 AM or something, and if they might be expecting that I'd be like working on their project or something, it just makes me feel better about sharing some of those things when like, I'm not thinking like, Oh, well, so-and-so might see that I'm like not working on their project. Mm-hmm. And, but I have a plan. You at ease. It puts me at ease. It's not because I think my clients have any sort of expectation of me. It just, I don't know. And I feel like it's kind of, it just makes the relationship a little bit more professional when, I mean, then I'll just add them back on after the project is done. You know, that's something that I've been trying out. So if you want to try that that. out, then, you know, yeah, I like that. Have you ever declined a client referral because you didn't have a good experience with the initial client? Hmm. I don't think in that particular situation I have ever done that, but I have had an inquiry from a client who had originally worked with another designer that I knew didn't have aligned values with me. Mm. And the client also didn't have a good experience with them. So I feel like when a client says like, oh yeah, well, the previous designer I was working with, they just like did not get my vision. That's a huge red flag for me. So it's less a good experience with the original client and more like, who is the referral coming from? Is this someone that I trust? And the project wasn't a good fit for me anyway, because it was a WordPress website. I don't work in WordPress. So yeah. I had to refer it anyways. So I don't know. I If I had a horrible, horrible experience with a client that like did not enjoy my designs, which has literally happened maybe like one or two times in the history of my business, not because of anything I think I did, because I think they were going through some stuff. I would not take a referral from them and they wouldn't refer anyone to me either because they didn't have a good experience with me. So that's the answer. I've never officially declined client referrals. I love to give people benefit of the doubt. Like let's have a call. Let's see where your project's at and what your business is and go from there. So I always like to come in with a curiosity mindset of like, okay, assuming that this isn't a referral, would I give this client the same amount of love and attention that I would anyone else? Yeah. So I I would always take the inquiry call Mm -hmm. and chat with them. And there have been some that I have chosen not to work with, but it's not because I didn't have a good experience with them. Right. It's usually like you want to evaluate for yourself, you know? And then if I'm sending a client or an inquiry to another designer because I just feel like it's not a good fit. Or if I see a particular red flag, I will let the designer know, Hey, you know, they said X, Y, Z on the call, just so you know, but what's a red flag for me might not be a red flag for somebody else. So, Mm -hmm. um, 
I feel good about those situations. Yeah. But yeah, I would, I, I like that. I, I, I don't ever just decline an inquiry call if it feels like it's going to be an aligned fit. Yeah. If they're coming to me saying they need a WordPress site, I probably won't get on a call with them because I don't right. do WordPress, you know, or if it's obviously not a good fit from the but inquiry. But that's not because But it's not because of the, the referral. Or the referral, yeah. Right. Have you ever priced a project higher because the client seemed like a lot to manage? not in this circumstance. Like I haven't priced a project higher because the client seems like annoying. I've priced a project higher because I don't have the time mm. and because they might be demanding. Yeah. Right. Like I think that there's kind of an and to that. Or if there's like a rush related to the project. Yeah. Yeah. I, or I'm if gonna... the project just seems like it will take a lot more time and energy. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe the answer is yes. Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess if the client slash project was a lot to manage, then I have priced a project higher. And that's scope. That's you increasing yeah, that's the project cost for the project scope. But I've never priced higher because the client seems like annoying. Yeah. So I'm gonna say no to this one. And I think yeah. your answer is no. I think to my you. answer is no. I think I'm trying to like caveat everything. I know. <laughs> like, guys, please believe that we are very careful. But <laughs> no, I I yeah, I feel good about saying no to this one, but if the scope is very large and or the client is requesting lots of touch points, lots of phone calls, then I will be transparent and I will say, hey, you know, this is a more high touch experience with me. You know, that is going to impact the price of the project. Are you okay with that? And I'll usually give them a couple of options as well. Yeah. Well, that is everything. I wanted to just kind of like end this by asking <laughs> some like non-design related, oh, never have I ever questions. <laughs> um, have you ever stolen anything? I have not. Oh, wait. Yes, I actually have, but it was a mistake. I stole diapers from Walmart one time, oh but it was gosh. because they were, so in, good. they were in the bottom of my cart <laughs> and... What I should have done is I should have gone back into the store because I realized when I was loading them into my car, but like Ryder had already gotten in his car seat. He was crying. He was hungry for milk. I needed to go home and feed him. Like getting him out of the car seat, back into the car to go back into the store when he was screaming, it just felt like too much. So that's a little bit of an unethical moment. I definitely should have gone back in and paid for the diapers. But at that point I was like, this was when it was early postpartum. I was just... Oh yeah. So yeah. that's my, that's my confession. You are Don't so, come for me. <laughs> you are so good because if that happened to me, I would have been like, eh, whatever. Like, Walmart makes so much money. I know. That's why, Cause if it was like a small business, I would never, yeah. I would never, but like, I used to steal stuff from Walmart a lot. Walmart specifically. <laughs> why is it always Walmart? When I was a teenager yeah. in like middle school, I used to steal makeup. <gasps> So I would take like a <laughs> mascara or like you stupid. rebel. I know. You rebel. I know. Um, not now. No, obviously we're adults. No. And like I can pay for that $10 mascara. Yeah. Yeah. But I kind of got off on it a little bit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Esther was a little bit of a wild child. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Have you ever gone skinny dipping? Yes, but I don't think it was like that cool. I think it was just like in my pool or something with my like friends. At like night not or at a, like a there weren't like any boys or anything there. Like <laughs> it was just like oh let's just do, go skinny dipping because it was like like a double dog dare or something That's or we were funny. doing truth or dare. It's like go jump in the pool naked or something. I've never gone skinny dipping. I no. kind of like want to just to see. Yeah, but I've never done it. I feel like it's kind of like more of like a late high school college thing, and I just definitely wasn't that cool. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been on a blind date? No, I never have. I've only gone on like a handful of dates just because like I married the second boyfriend that I ever had. So oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't, I don't have a lot of first dates. I've never about. gone on a blind date either. I feel like that would be fun. Yeah. I mean, I'm married now, but I know let's go, let's still go. Like <laughs> go to one of those like dating things where you like have to do the rotating date thing. No, I think that that would be fun. I mean, have you seen love is blind? No, I haven't. Oh, it's, the very couple, first couple episodes are really good, but I just could not keep watching. But it's just interesting. Well, that's literally blind date where you literally can't see someone. But I feel like if I was single, I feel like I would kind of like a blind date because I like to get to know new people. 
some people are not that into like making conversation with a stranger, but that's like kind of my forte. And it's one of the reasons why I did not fit into New York City very well. Because I would strike out conversations with random strangers and people thought I was a crazy person. So that's fair. (laughs) Have you ever used a fake ID? Yeah. And it did not go well. (laughs) Really? (laughs) This is in college. I, cause I was younger for my grade. So Mm -hmm. I turned 21 in February of my senior year. Whereas a lot of my friends turned 21 at some point during junior year. So I'm like at the end of my senior year. So I asked one of my friends who sort of looked like me for her ID Mm -hmm. and like her old one. And I tried it at a bar and the, the bartender or the bouncer was like, this isn't you. I know this girl. And I was like, yeah, it is. And he was like, no, it's not. And I was like, okay. And I just walked away. And like, he didn't do anything about it. He just took it. And I was oh, like, he took it away. Hey, I'm done. Did your friend get her ID back? But no, but it was her old one. Oh, it was her old one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've never used a fake ID. I was, I was kind of a good girl in high school. <laughs> and I also didn't really drink a ton in college. So I remember going out for my first drink actually on my 21st birthday and they just like did not card me. I was kind of, I was kind of sad about it. And also people do not card me anymore, which is like so sad because I'm like, do I really look that old? Come on. You don't look old. Well, thank you. I think you look young. I don't think you look under 21. It's the wedding ring and the fact that I have a two-year-old with me sometimes. Not that I'm going out to bars with Ryder, but like if we have drinks at like lunch or something and he's there, like they see my husband and my kid and they're like, you're not. Yeah, you're older. I actually, so the store that I buy my wine from, it's a little like, um, it's a little liquor store. They always card me, even though I like recognize them. Oh. I think they're like required to. Yeah, but they can probably get in it kind of makes me feel good. Oh yeah, I love getting carded. I'm like, oh, you want to see my ID? Okay, here you go. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever used somebody else's toothbrush? Yes, but on accident, not because I like did so on purpose. And I did. It, for a long time too. Like there was this moment when Dylan and I were newly married where I was brushing my teeth and he's like, why are you using the purple toothbrush? And I was like, because this is my toothbrush. He's like, that's my toothbrush. We had been like using the oh same my. toothbrush for like months. That's so gross. <laughs> Literally but at the same so time, gross. But it's like my husband. Other, yeah, so. we kiss each other. So yeah. But that's still gross. Literally so gross. <laughs> now I'm very, very particular. I think, okay. This is the pink toothbrush. You're not going to use a pink toothbrush. Yeah. And he's really into charcoal toothbrushes, so all his toothbrushes are black, so it makes it easy. Mm. I think I probably have used Jake's toothbrush. In a pinch? Actually, I think I've used, like, a friend's toothbrush if I, like, didn't have mine. Oh, and just not said anything? No, I have asked. Oh, you've asked. Okay. <laughs> I've never done it intentionally to, oh, like, okay. without asking. <laughs> and That's I think I've used one. Jake's toothbrush if I don't have it, too. Let's do okay. one last really, really good one. Have you ever laughed so hard that you peed your pants as an adult? Not as an adult. <laughs> but okay. I used to pee my pants laughing a lot. Really? As in like my middle school years. No way. I remember like I think I had like some sort of medical problem. <laughs> and I remember always being like, I would laugh so hard, I'd pee my pants, and then I'd always be so self-conscious of like can you see? Because it was never like a lot. It was like a little bit. <laughs> but a little bit, like enough that it's uncomfortable for like the entire rest of school. Yeah. I didn't do it in when I was younger, but especially now after having had a baby, obviously it's like way easier to pee your pants after you have a baby just because the muscles down there are just not what they used to be. But I did pee on my couch one time, but it's because Dylan tickled me so hard. And I said I had to pee and I said, I'm going to pee on the couch. If you don't stop tickling me, he did not stop. Oh my God. And so I peed on the couch and he makes fun of me to this day. He did it to you. But he did it to you. And I, he, he blamed me for not having gotten up and gone to the bathroom earlier, but I will literally wait till the last minute until I'm like bursting and then go to the bathroom because I'm lazy and I don't want to get up. Yes, that's fair. (laughs) So that's, that's my pee on the couch story. Yes. yes. <laughs> I hope I don't pee my pants again, but I will if I ever get pregnant. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like my pelvic floor muscles are pretty good now, but it's still, still, you just never know. <laughs> yeah. This is so fun. This is so fun. I wish we could just keep going. I know. I feel like I could go on forever. This is a little bit of a longer episode, but hopefully you guys enjoyed Better Pod before dawn today with our matches. After dawn. Wait, after dawn. Wait. The sun's We're not up. up at 5 a.m. No. Oh, <laughs> could not. No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, this was so fun. 
I'm going to miss you when you leave. I know, but we're recording on Tuesday. Yeah. So we'll talk. We'll chat. And there is a potential Orlando trip in the future because you said that you've never been to Disney. Nope. Or Universal. So that definitely needs to happen. But thank you guys for listening today. I hope you enjoyed our fun game day and go on our Instagram literally right now because hopefully we put up the polls and you guys can go and see some never have I ever's from the community and also contribute your own votes. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Love you guys. Hi guys. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We bet you've got designer friends who'd enjoy it too. So share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air, or you want to get in contact with us directly, email us at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. Our Facebook community is one of the most positive, supportive, and fun groups we've ever been a part of. We'd love for you to join us. Search for Better the Brand Designer Podcast on Facebook. If you love these conversations between designer friends and would like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash betterpodcast. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and snag major discounts on our favorite resources. Special thanks to our producer, John, from Wayfair Recording Co. See you guys again next week.